Well, welcome to Dragon Hat. We are in a studio for a change. We are not at home on Zoom. So to make it a normal Dragon Heart recording, Mark, you've got to freeze at least three times for yeah. the whole recording to <laughs> make it authentic. Yeah, no problem. Don't worry. I- <laughs> yeah, Mark has dodgy Wi-Fi. Anyway, we'll be are, fine. We'll be fine. Dude. How are you both? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Being in the studio, it's it's a bit of a change of pace, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's your first like in-person podcast as well. It, yeah, it is actually. Fortunately yeah. enough, me and Mark had a few last season and this season, but it's quite nice to do it in person as well, isn't it? It's a bit of a it is. Shame, it's isn't it's it? a shame nobody gets to hear the uh, off-air podcast we do when we go to the gym and put the world to rights about <laughs> Wrexham. <laughs> Plainly, I'm not part of the gym deal. The gym. <laughs> as, you can, as, as anybody who's watching the video version as can see, I just think it's it's fabulous. I mean, to be in Callon's studio, yeah. uh, Callon's resurrection is a, a, a brilliant, brilliant thing. It's a fantastic thing for the town. This is a wonderful community facility, and it's just utterly brilliant to be back where we should be, because Dragonheart is a Callan FM show, and it's just superb to be back at last. Ironically, after a run of seven home games for Wrexham, to actually finally have our first home Dragonheart fixture. So I'm delighted. Love it. Dragonheart's coming home. Love it. Anyway, we're going to look through... The Ultringham game. We're gonna have a look through our last seven games in general. The, you know how hectic it's been. Uh, we're gonna look at our combined ninety-eight point season, and this season eleven. Mark's been talking to people on Twitter. That should be interesting, and a few other little wrecks and bits and bobs. So, let's not wait any longer. This is Dragonheart. I'm Jordan Pondicelli, and you're listening to the Dragonheart Radio Show. So here comes Toza, slinging it into the far post. Hayden can't get up for it, but it's headed up in the air. Clareth can't win it either. Davis hits it. Yes! yes! Take yes! it! Yes! Come on! What a start for Wrexham. Just, what, two minutes into the game. And Wrexham have the lead. What a brilliant start. What a finish by Jordan Davis. They just couldn't deal with the bouncing ball from the long throw. No, they came out there and what a lovely strike on the half volley. Thompson with no chance. No, he, he hit it in the ground as well. And as you say, they, they really struggled with that long throw. You know, they were they were pulling Hayden's shirt down, but they, they defended him, backheaded it. And it fell to, you know, fell to Jordan Davison flattening back in the net on the half volley. Lovely Great start finish. to the game. Perfect start for a team in good form, getting their faces, score early, and intimidating with a great atmosphere too, which is going well so far. It's, yeah, the noise has been terrific, and we got exactly the start we wanted. It's picked up in midfield and squared by Osborne, oh. and then given away, and Mullen nearly put Barmer in, and it's played to Mullen, he is offside, surely. He's held to the road, Jones is through, only the keeper to beat. Oh, what save. a save by Thompson, it ricochets oh. off a defender, goes for the what corner. Jones one-on-one, chips the rushing keeper, and Thompson had gone down, stretched up with a strong right hand, and managed to make a brilliant save. He plays on, McFadgen is driving through the middle, his pass is well intercepted, he's chased it to the edge of the area and forced a false oh. clearance, and Davis flicks it over his head, lovely play, helps it on, Young will, Young will hit this, oh. good save. save, slammed it from 25 yards, it was heading for the bottom left corner, Thompson did really well to get his fingertips to it and touch it round the post. With the centre-backs, Cleverth on the keeper, swung into the far post, free header, yes! oh, what a goal by Mullen, 
was sprinting into the far post, unmarked, arrived behind him, and he adjusted superbly to stretch backwards and still make a great contact with his head, but across the keeper. Davis gets good for it in midfield, toes now to Young, wrecks him in their own half, Hayden clips the nice ball to oh. Davis, he dummies it, Palmer now, looks up, sees Mullen making the run, he can't quite find oh. him, so he plays it looking for Hall Johnson, it's intercepted, Mullen dummies it though, and George is oh. with the win, what a tackle by Ferguson, what a move, and what a tackle by Ferguson to deny Jones a tap in, brilliant stuff that wasn't it? Fantastic passing by the Repton players, you know, when it could again, should have been 3-0. Young with the in-swinger then. Again, Clareth on the keeper. Swung in, six-yard box, Davis. Oh! What a save! Great save by Thompson. Oh, they made another mistake at the back. Marriott's tackled by Jones. He's got Mullen and Marks. He feeds Mullen in. What a goal! Joey what a goal! Top right corner, Jules' pass. Just slightly behind him. Mullen wasn't bothered. He just <laughs> shifted it out of his feet. Slammed it in the top right corner. Oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> That was some goal, boys. I'll say, listen to that support. Listen to those fans. Wow. This is quite fun. I'll come here more often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. John, no, he's just got probably his studs. Yeah. yeah. It's his boots at the issue, I think, at Darwin any injury. He did take a knock, didn't he, before? When there was a challenge on him, but yeah, I think it's just a change of kit. Palmer took an eternity to walk back into his own half just to make sure. Uh, he could dis <laughs> Davis will be ready by the time the ball comes back on again. To be 3-0 up against a side who yeah. not playing too badly either, are they? Ultringham. No, yeah. exactly. Well, I was saying when it was 1-0, they looked like one of the better teams to have come yeah, here yeah. Poor, in poor. the last few months. Just shows how ruthless we are. They're panicking. That's what's happened with yeah. Ultringham. They're really panicking. They well, they gave him that away, and oh. Young's capitalised on Palmer's and well to hold her up. Remember, Axum is still down to 10 men as Davis changes his boots, the sort of luxury he can afford at the moment. Mullen is <laughs> filling in in midfield, so Palmer was a bit isolated then. Rexham oh, still controlling the ball, though. Young down the flank, finds Hall Johnson. Only, well, there's no one in the middle because Palmer's wandering up, looking for the pullback. He finds him. Palmer hits him. Yes! Yes! It's four! Brilliant work, Young with a great ball down the line, Hall Johnson pulled it back, Peter Palmer first time, looking for the same corner as Mullen, found it, you don't need 11 men at the moment do we? Wow. Goodness me, party time here. Sorry, that was quite good that wasn't it? Altrigan were getting annihilated by yeah. some superb finishing by Wrexham, another great move, Bill Hall Johnson as I said beforehand, got down the wing, used his pace, picked, you had Palmer to pick out in the penalty area, and Palmer just stroked it, keeping that a chance. 4-0 wow. Wrexham. We what? want 10. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be greedy. Hey, oh. I didn't get where I am today by not being greedy. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragon Hearts. Well, Altrincham, another fun home game, lads. It was... Well, all four goals were in the first half. And again, against a really good side, weren't they, Mark? No, absolutely. I, I, they're decent. They've only lost one of the last five matches. And they came at us, which ultimately I think was to their detriment because teams that tend to come at us give us space to play in and we punish them. But nonetheless, you know, fair play to them. They backed themselves. They played some nice football in our half. The problem was that in doing that, they left themselves open. And as we know we can be devastating now going forwards. You know, you get people 
from opposing sides talking with fear about how we have goals in us and that's exactly it you you leave yourself open to us and and we're going to pounce so yeah well done to Altrincham for coming at us but ultimately yeah, they got a bit of a spanking, didn't they? They got punished for their bravery, I think, didn't they? They did, yeah. It's it's not often you come away from a game where you've beat a team 4-0 and think they actually look quite good, especially, yeah. you know, the, their second-half performance. I mean, we'll get on to that, but uh, they did well to not concede, really. Um, good little side. Uh, I I I think it, it mirrored the, the game when we played them away quite neatly, in a way, because... Uh, at, during that period, we were going to teams and thinking, how have we not scored four in that first half? And then maybe having a little bit of a drop-off in the second half. Well, that happened, but we scored the four goals mm. rather than it being a, a situation where you're looking at uh, missed chances or maybe someone not being quite clinical. But I think it just sort of, to me, highlights how much of the uh, um, the missing piece of the jigsaw Ollie Palmer is really, Che, doesn't it? Yeah, Ollie Palmer's absolutely class. But first, we opened up the scoring again with that toes-along throw, which landed on Aaron Hayden's face. As Mark, <laughs> as Mark pointed out to me, I, I did, we, we've scored that many goals at the moment that I sort of need refreshing on home games yeah. sometimes, just to rejog my brain. Um, Especially when we score so many goals at home at the moment as yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> and then Jordan Davis scores on the half volley, I think, as I remember. Yeah, two minutes in, you can't really ask for a better start than that, can you, Bill? No, I was quite glad, actually, because usually I'm... I, Quite often, I've been guilty of getting uh, to matches late. Actually, the Solihull match, uh, I don't know if anyone, you know, some people might have saw on my Twitter, I, d- I was stuck in traffic getting back from Kent from a, a holiday and uh, missed all of the first half of the Solihull game. So I'm really glad I didn't miss the first half of this match because I would have missed all the goals. So, uh, yeah, no, d- d- a quick start like that. And we- we've been punishing teams, even when we weren't quite as good at the start of the season, we've been punishing teams early on uh, all year really, Mark, haven't we? And it, it's it's we're now starting to build on that rather than scoring and sort of sitting back for the rest of the game and hoping we can close it out. Well, there's a lot of good habits that this team has developed. Scoring early is a nice habit, yeah. obviously. Um, making the most of set pieces because although obviously we've got a lot of quality on the ball and we dominate games, the fact of the matter is that we're also exceptionally good on set pieces. Now you say that Bento's is long yeah. throw. I mean, that's the 11th goal we've scored from his throws this season, which is ridiculous. And sometimes it's your sort of cliched long throw goal of him slinging it in and then Aiden leaping and nodding it in. But then it's also just the confusion it causes. So he, he throws this one in. It's allowed to bounce, which is always a cardinal sin. For a defender, isn't it, really? <laughs> it starts bobbling up in the air. It's Aaron Hayden in the face. Even his face is a weapon. And it drops perfectly for Jordan Davis. Lovely finish. Yeah. And then the second goal, set piece again. Corner. Yeah, yeah. Again, superb finish. Brilliant adjustment by Mullin to head Luke Young's corner in. But the fact is that we, we play football, but we also make the most out of set pieces, which is, well, we're a double threat in that sense, aren't we, really? And as you said... I remember saying in commentary that it was set pieces that really separated the two sides, wasn't it? Because when you've got Tozer to deal with, and you know their goalkeeper, for example, was a really good goalkeeper. I thought I think one of the better mm. keepers we've seen this season, shot stopping wise. But he's very flat-footed on the line, wasn't he? He didn't come out from any corners or many throw-ins, and we really exploited that, didn't we? And having this. To- tool of to- Tozer and Aiden, it's the best combination we've had ever, isn't it? And it's just so refreshing, isn't it, to have a big throw 
It's, it's just it's just like having a second corner, isn't it, all the time? And we're getting so many goals and opportunities from it, aren't we, Bill? Well, in in the game, we, I think it was towards the end of the the match in the the second half. One of the ultra gun players ran across and has hit the ball out to make sure it went out for a throw instead of a corner. And my mate turns <laughs> me and says, "Well, that, that's better than a corner for us, really." So yeah. I don't know why they've done it. And we we are so d- dangerous from from that throwing line, like you say. I mean, it's it's. It almost feels like we're repeating ourselves every week when we talk about these throw-ins and Hayden and Tozer because they're just phenomenal, aren't they, Mark? I mean, oh, have, yeah. have, have we had um, a, a pair of players or a set of players that have been so consistent in the way they deliver a game plan in 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 the time in the conference? I don't think we have, really, have we? I certainly wouldn't have thought so. And it's pretty unique in our history having a player with a long throw like this. Yeah. When we talk later about comparing this team to the 98-point season... You got Curtis Oben who had a long throw, but it wasn't this sort of long throw. Yeah, it was a loose pin one, yeah. wasn't it? Rather than just like a, it was, a like a cannon, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it was an orthodox long throwing. Yeah, and you're looking for scraps off it. But the beauty of Toza's throws, of course, is that you can you can also look for the, the traditional scraps off it. Yeah. If his long throw doesn't work, it's hard to clear, and we ring the penalty area. We win the second ball, and then you know that out there is Toza, who fortunately, despite being a centre back. Has is he's good with his feet? Has an old-fashioned football thing to say, wasn't it? Despite being a centre back, he's good with <laughs> his feet. He's a good cross with the ball. He's played a lot of his career in midfield, yeah. and so you also know that if that throw-in doesn't work, you can work it straight back out to Toza. He'll be in space because there's no one marking him. You don't mark the bloke who takes the throw, and he can take a touch and he can whip it in with either foot. And we've scored goals this season and made chances from that second ball as well. So. Fortunately, he's not just a one-trick pony. He can cross the ball as well, and so it gets recirculated back to him. What I really like about that as well is that uh, compared to the start of the season, we don't always go for the long ball, and teams start, Mm. they see the ball go out, and they start to move towards the box, and someone will come across and take a quick throw in, and it gives us that space to then work the ball into the box. And it just just has a whole other option again, doesn't it? You know, really like... uh, if you if you're a centre back for a, a national league team, you are not going to want to come across Rex and are you, Jay? I don't think many teams in the football league want to come across Rex at the moment. You know, with the men's we have, the fans, you know, everything to do with the football club, and that that long throw as well is a big part of this this Rex and mm. team's identity, isn't it? And let's talk about Ben Tozer for a little bit as well, because I think he flies under the radar a little bit just for his mm. you know defensive attributes, how good he is on the ball, how fast his his, his awareness of the game is. Second to none, really. Could he be player of the season as well, Mark? <laughs> there are so many players who have put in player of the season quality seasons. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I think Toza is excellent. I, I, I hope he doesn't get neglected. I hope people just appreciate that while Hayden is spectacular in the way he defends on the front foot, Toza is just rock solid alongside him, isn't he? Um, Hayden's allowed to... Play yeah. like that because of Tozer, isn't he? Exactly yeah. right. Hayden knows if he's out of position, then Tozer's strong and he can deal with people. Uh, he lacks pace. And Dover, of course, said that that was their game plan, wasn't it? To try and isolate Tozer uh, by overloading when they went forwards. And yeah, when he's totally exposed, he does lack a little bit of pace. Usually, though, he's such a good defender and he reads the game so well that he handles it with his sheer physicality and his nouse. But... Oh, he's a toes as a leader. When you yeah, know when we need yeah. him to get forwards, he's driving them forwards. He's passing out from the back. Shouldn't be neglected either. He pings nice diagonals yeah. out of the wing backs. He's always looking to play that forwards pass as well. And all in all, yeah, terrific. I really love the way he's sometimes when he gets to throw in in front of the World Road stand. 
um, going towards uh, you know exactly where I'm going with this the Rex Trent stand I love it when he decides to optimise his, his throwing by actually disappearing into the concourse nearly <laughs> one day he should do that he should actually go into the concourse and someone's there like thinking I avoided the crowds I'll, I'll sneak down 10 minutes left I'll buy some sort of chips <laughs> chips you know, get me chips for a quid <laughs> and then suddenly Tozer's because he's going to be a bit of elbow room mate and he comes tearing uh. us I just love that as long as he doesn't launch his chips instead of the... Oh, the well, that was, <laughs> that'd be a tragedy. It's wasting <laughs> chips is a crime. It, is, it should be. The, the, the balance is back free in general is something... I, th- I think it's probably the best defence we've had in the National League year, isn't it, really? You know, with Tozer, who's everything we've just described. Hayden, who I believe is the best centre-half we've ever had in the National League. And Clareworth, who is quite, you know, green to first-team football, but... Last few games, he's been excellent as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he's he's a he's got a, a an ability and a and a, a head on his shoulders that well beyond his years, isn't he? I know, I know, you know, probably playing with Hayden and Toza really helps that, but you you wouldn't think he's only nineteen and he's his first full season in in you know conference football. I mean, honestly, I, the the lad's a special special talent. Surely Wales under twenty one's appearing soon. Surely, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure he's eligible for Wales, is he? No, no I'm sure I saw online he's he's English. He's not eligible well, for Mullins Wales. Eligible for Wales, sure. <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, honestly, I don't. I'm not 100 percent certain. I don't know. I don't know quite how it works, but I I heard that that he's not eligible for Wales, which would be unfortunate for Wales because he's he's got the ability to play in that in that setup. I said, I'm sure they could probably find a way around. <laughs> I think it's, if you drink ten pints of bootlegger, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so you think he must be nearly there, surely. You or know, if he or records an interview in Callum Studios, then maybe. Oh yeah, if he, go, you know, if he comes in, he's, he's it's the Welsh cats. Welsh there. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to take exception to you saying this is the best defence we've had. The stats suggest possibly not. Oh wow! Because um, okay. we we don't keep as many clean sheets as we could, and also. I mean, if you think back, the, the great record-breaking defence, well, there was the 98-point season when we lived in the other side's half, um, but also probably the worst, one of the worst seasons we've had in non-league was the, se- the season, Saunders' first season where he had the whole season, the second year in the non-league, where we had the most drab, moribund team that you that could imagine. The white sleeve team, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Frank Sinclair and Marvin Andrews. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you bring yeah. my memories here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely rigid, four-four-two, really dull to watch. The midfield didn't get forwards to support the strikers. Gareth Taylor and often Matty Wolfenden, bless him, who got yeah, very little to work oh, with. Wow. Yeah, the likes of Ashley Westwood as well and Manny Asumani at the back and Neil Taylor, Neil Span, Neil Taylor, and we basically finished about tenth and, and nobody really noticed we were even there. We didn't score many goals, but we let absolutely no goals in. And that, that is, I think, it's still the club record for the least goals conceded in the season. It's the most boring football I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> yeah, but that was a solid defensive unit, especially with that the middle field four, Christian Smith and Andy Fleming, both just sitting in. <laughs> you're not going to break us yeah. down we're not going to go anywhere yeah, you're yeah. not going to break us down I'm, I'm thinking not just as defensive stats I'm thinking what this defence actually brings to a team if you get yeah. me you've got Tozer's assists you've got yeah. Aiden's goals and you've got Clareworth's pace you know not just the defensive stats but what the defence brings this team that's why I think what they're the best defence we've ever had in yeah, the fair yeah it'd be interesting to compare how the 
some some of you to do a bit of research on Mark. How, how <laughs> that, thanks, thanks, <laughs> I love that. Um, like a, almost like a combined defensive and offensive sort of stats. So offensive, that's so very American. Isn't it? Yeah, so <laughs> I think it's like been I, invented already. Uh, <laughs> 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 Maybe like the defense's goal difference. So how many have they let in compared to what they've scored compared to other teams? So like I know uh, Mark Crichton used to score a few goals in that ninety-eight point season, but did he have? He didn't have Hayden's numbers, did he? You mean how many goals the defenders have scored? Have scored. Com- Sorry, yeah, that's probably right. a better way of explaining okay. it. Yeah, just so like Chase saying that maybe their contributions yeah. to goals and what they've scored, mm. and obviously the defensive stats, like almost like a. Maybe, I don't think you. I don't think you could make a stat out of it, but you could compare the two, couldn't you? Between you, you want me to create defenses. a sophisticated algorithm about Rex defenders. It sounds <laughs> like something that you would really enjoy doing, Mark. Anyway. Does it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we need to get back to this Ultra Gum game. We've got oh, yeah, goals. Ultra Gum, that's we, right. We've, yeah. got, we've got two goals we have not talked about yet. The third, <laughs> the third goal was Mullen. the Mullen goal, wasn't it, Mark? Come on, talk us through it, Mark. He went boom, and it flew in the top corner. It was a hell of a hit, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> James Jones won the ball back, yeah. didn't he? And, and laid her off, and, and Mullen is just... Uh, I mean, the confidence of the bloke, 20 yards out, rolling across him. I'll oh, just smash the cover off this, and he did right in the top corner. And it's just one of those goals that the, you could, the, the whole ground just empties of everyone's ever, as everybody goes, <gasps> before starting to cheer. It was a glorious strike. Really lovely, wasn't it? And then it was game over, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, and to be fair to Altrincombe, they were still playing football, weren't they, up to one or two goals? I thought, if they nick a goal the year before half-time, then it... It's going to be a bit more of a scary game in the second half. And then Ollie Palmer steps up with a lovely finesse shot and into the top right-hand corner. That Some, was truly... Something straight out of FIFA, that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was a beautiful goal. My favourite goal of the day. 4-0, game over. Yeah. I, I've got, I mean, the obvious comparison was of Thiago and Liverpool against Man United this week. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, there was a spell of passing that Thiago was involved in. And while he was involved in it, he stopped to tie his shoelaces. So I think give a fairly strong implication of how easy that game was for him. Um, <laughs> that goal felt like that for Wrexham because Jordan Davis, yeah. after the third goal, comes off the pitch to change his boots. Yeah. And the, despite Ollie Palmer doing his, I mean, what, what a cynical, beautifully cynical man he is, his wonderful slow walk back into his own half to try and give Davis enough time to get back on the pitch. Davis doesn't tie, change his boots in time, so we kick off at 10 men. Reese Hall Johnson comes forwards... And in commentary, I'm saying, as we heard earlier, I'm saying, oh, there's no one in the box room. We're a man short, Mullins in midfield, Palmer's just like holding off as if we're saying, well, we're not 10 men, let's just keep the ball. And then he comes back to Palmer and Palmer just drills in the top corner. And you think, okay, yeah. so we don't necessarily need 11 <laughs> men <laughs> to, be, to be dominating teams in this league. I feel that should be um, clipped out maybe and just sent to Stockport just for them to see our level of domination <laughs> at this level. Wow. Just, just put the wind up them, you know? More on that later. And, and before we wrap up the Altrincham talk, Riesel Johnson, a man who had a really good games and a lot of crit- critics recently. Mark, it was really nice to see him play really well, wasn't it? Well, we were, oh, I don't want to say doubting him, but we were yeah. in pre-match talking about how we felt we'd like to see a more rounded performance from him. He'd been very threatening on Friday, but not actually had that much end product. And well, he certainly delivered, didn't he? He was, he was yeah. absolutely terrific. He terrified the Altrincham defenders. So, you know, fair placement. Yeah, and I think he needed it, didn't he? Yeah, I think you know, sort of going back to, you know, you guys are, are doing the, the pre-match 
up in the up in the stands in the commentary area, uh, he is starting to get a little bit of stick, Reesel Johnson, and I think a lot of it's unwarranted. Sometimes, you know, if there's a misplaced pass, it always happens. You know, it doesn't, it's not just Wrexham, it's any football club. There's, there's always, seem, even when you're doing well, there seems to be a target. But I think Wrexham fans need to lay off him a little bit because sometimes all these players have got misplaced passes. I mean, we all love Paul Mullin, but he's not absolutely perfect. And yes, there's, there's, oh, Other than the fact that he's absolutely perfect, he's not absolutely perfect. Like any player at this level. Yes, he is. <laughs> shutting this broadcast down. It's almost as if you want him in on Dragon Heart in the Callan FM studios for a, a little interview. Exactly. Just prove he's Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, sort of jokes aside, needs to be a little, little bit less, less stick up for Rizal Johnson. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We've got to wrap this up now. Altrigum, good game, wasn't it, lads? Yes. Anyway. After <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking about our last seven home games in general. I'm Riesel Johnson, and you're listening to the Dragon Heart Radio Show. Well, a reflection on the last seven games, which has been absolutely mental. And first, I'd like to say thanks to all the ground staff and all the catering workers and all staff in the ground really have worked tirelessly and relentlessly and not had much breaks and you know, especially the ground staff they're probably really glad of a break aren't they so I'd first like to say thanks to them because without them we wouldn't be able to have games at the race course so yeah and the, and the pitch still looks immaculate doesn't yeah, it even after pitch, seven games yeah so and you know yeah brilliant so I'd like to say thanks to them really no, I'm glad you said that I think that's absolutely spot on an awful lot of those people will be volunteers or people are just doing like sort of shift work on the Saturday, and, and I think it's brilliant. Uh, you're quite right to point that out. It's it's a big ask for people to keep coming back when there's seven home games in the yeah. space of what four and a half weeks or something like that. And and as well, I mean, uh, talking to Colin Henry's a media guru at the club, you know, and he's saying we had to get seven programs out in the space of four weeks. Yeah, and that, you know, wow, that that's yeah. a that's a bit of a strain as well. You know, it's that that it. it, it it's well. I was going to say it's unusual to have seven home games in a row. It's only happened once to us before, and that was 114 years ago. So it's very unusual, yeah. and yeah, absolutely, it's brilliant that everybody just kept going in. But it helps, didn't it? Yeah. That this is a special time for the club. Yeah. And and I think we have lived through a very special month the way it all panned out. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and a big shout out because I've been to a few of the games. The people who serve beer at the Rex Rent stand. It's it's carnage down there, <laughs> <laughs> as you could imagine. Uh, it's but yeah, first time as a fan that I've noticed that people started going down for half time at the 30, 30 35 minute mark, even though the football's really good. Yeah. <laughs> people are going down yeah. to make sure they secure their beer uh, because it's that mental down there. <laughs> people are queuing up really early. So anybody who's missed a goal, um, unfortunate, but. That's the price of having a beer in the Rex rent, I think. <laughs> yeah, so credit to all the staff and credit to the players too. Uh, we've had some dramatic games, haven't we? Mm. The Dover game, the Eastley game, which I think in most seasons would have been looked back as one of the most tremendous dra- dramatic wins, but it just seems to be normal now to win last minute, doesn't it, Mark? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it felt a little peculiar when we failed to do that against Solly Hull, didn't it? Yeah. Because we just constantly find a way to win matches and it's it's wonderful to have a team with such self-belief and it's wonderful to know that all our opponents are thinking oh they find a way they'll score you know it, it, it has an effect on the opponents as well 
I think this has built up that notion across the club. I think it's built up that notion, the sequence of games across the division. I think it's it's created a bond between players and fans as well, getting these ludicrous crowds coming in and seeing how people are responding to the players. You know, I mean, Mullen was a cult hero the moment he arrived, wasn't he, really, because of the circumstances. But I think that Ollie Palmer having a run of games all at the race course, Aaron Hayden, a lot of players like this, people are really growing to appreciate. I think it's good that when James Jones has finally come into proper form, he's, they're all in home games yeah. because people are appreciating him more. Luke Young, as a lot of players, you, you hear the fans' reaction to them and you hear how uh, this run of matches at the race course has created a bond between the core fans and this team, which is intangible but fantastic. Yeah, yeah that seven games has really helped. I think it's really helped the race course become an absolute fortress. Yeah. And the atmosphere has been absolutely electrifying. I'm not saying it's not been that way all season. It's been great this season, don't get me wrong, but I think there's that real bond between the players and the fans and it's just a magical place to come play football as a fan, to go watch. And I, I, I can imagine the players are loving it at the moment, Bill. Yeah, I think um, the difference between these seven games and what's what's developed. So if we're just looking a little bit further back from the fixtures, I think you can pinpoint it really to either the Boreham Wood uh, FA Trophy game or the Chesterfield away game where... I think the atmosphere sort of turned in the sense that there was a tiny bit of expectation. I don't know, how, again, I don't know how much it came across when you're, when you're commentating, but in the stands, there was always that tiny little bit of expectation of we should be beating these, we should be beating these if we went down or it was nil-nil at halftime or whatever. But I think beating Chesterfield in the manner that we did really turned around the attitude of the way people looked at this side. And then you go on from there. We've got 4-1 against Aldershot, which was a, which was a fantastic game. Uh, we beat Kingsland without getting out of second gear. We beat Boreham Wood in, in an absolutely crazy game that's 4-2. Smash Notts County in the last minute. And then, OK, Bromley's a little bit of a hiccup in this run. But from that point onwards, those seven games, any single one of them, apart from the Solihull Moors game, would be contender for game of the season in a normal season. And really, it's only the Dover Athletic one there that's the, 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 and maybe Stockport that kind of stands out. But you know, the way we beat Halifax... That uh, go back a couple of years that oh you'd be point points to that and thinking that's the that's the best game that's not even it's probably not even the best game out of uh, out of it's probably not even in the top five of those games is it really it's bizarre, it's bonkers it's it's absolute mad time to be a Wrexham fan and I think you're right 100 percent right because naturally we look at how we score late goals and that grabs everybody's attention naturally but. Um, a lot of teams have come to the racecourse in incredible form and got walloped. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Halifax were flying. We thrashed them. Boreham Wood in the trophy were in fantastic form. We walloped them and then did the same to them in the league yeah. where they hadn't lost for ages. It's, you know, the, the, the solly hole. Okay, they got a point. Right, it was a fair play, but goodness me, the chances that we missed and the refereeing yeah. decisions that should have gone our way. You know, so we also played inform sides and dominated them yeah. completely. It's that's a fantastic thing to see. And as for what you said about the fans' faith in the team, well, the Dover game they, they didn't boo till it was five two. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. incredible patience. That to be fair, because yeah, they they deserve to be booed on that occasion. And it is an in, in, again going back to previous years when it would when they'd have equalised for two all, people would have started booing in previous years. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, to yeah, a degree, yeah. rightly so, with, yeah. with yeah. how bad Do Dover are. Uh, you know, and 
like you say, to wait until 5-2. And I think even, again, being in the stands, like you didn't even really get a sense. That it was a half-hearted boo. It wasn't really. It wasn't no, full, no, it wasn't, fro- yeah. wasn't full yeah. throttle and it wasn't everybody. Yeah, it was frustration. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, I think that's what yeah. it was. And, it and was shock. Just, I yeah. And I think it was just a bit like, oh, well, if we're going to lose our little run, A, why does it have to be against these? And B, mm. why 5-2? But then... I think everyone just believed, especially, you know, that third and fourth goal goes in for us. I mean, there's an absolutely fantastic documentary on YouTube. Yeah. If you want to learn a little yeah, bit more yeah. about that, Dover game, good, you know, yeah. I don't know who put that together, but he must be a bit of a genius. Uh, <laughs> That's my word. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and I, I didn't go to the, the Eastley game because I was on, on holiday, unfortunately, but listening to the, the commentary in my hotel room at, at 2-1, I still, I, I thought we were going to win. It's hard to, it's hard to tell over radio, but I thought, oh, well, We'll be all right here. We'll, we'll at least <laughs> no, no, me. We'll, we'll at least get an equaliser. Obviously, it's difficult for me not being there, but I just don't have any. I just have complete faith in this side to do to do the job. And if we don't go up this year, it won't be for a, a lack of trying, will it? Unlike previous mm. years. So you've got to take your hats off to them. Hell of a team. Well, I think if we don't go up this year, it will be a complete and utter tra- tragedy. Really, wouldn't it? Um, I actually think the opposite. Right, I don't, please don't get me wrong. Right. I'm desperate for us to go up this season because we need to get in the football league and, and keep the momentum going. But if we don't go up this year, it's going to be like this for an entire season. We're going <laughs> to spank the National League. We're going to keep these players because we're on long-term contracts. We're going to bring in three or four more players of good quality. I don't want that to happen. I'd rather we get in the Football League next year. But if we do have to stay in the International yeah. League, it will be our last year because look at the standard we've set now. And we will set all sorts of crazy records. And Stockport will have will have gone yeah. and another team who are very good will have gone as well. Yeah. So that leaves us with, with not much competition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it won't be as like shuddering as the year when we lost Newport County in the final mm. and you know there's a lot of financial implications of not going up and Yeah. That felt like the end of a cycle, didn't it? Yeah. And, and this is there's a logical cycle here with the beginning of it. But I, I don't be wrong. But I want to go up this now. T- this, yeah. 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 This yeah. team's football league ready. Yeah. It's League One ready. Yeah. It'd be it would be an absolute crying shame to not go up this year. Even though I know I agree with what you say we could steamroll the we could Steamroll the league next Was. year, <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be an absolute tragedy to not go up. Just like you know, the ninety-eight point season was a bit of a <laughs> tragedy. After yeah. this, we're going to talk about our combined eleven of the ninety-eight point season and this team. I'm Kerry Evans, and you're listening to Dragon Heart Radio Show. Well, we've been talking about uh, the two best sides in the National League area is this team and the 98-point season team. Mark, you've been talking to people on Twitter about combined 11. So before we give ours, Mark, would you like to tell what the fans have said? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, basically, it's, it's really fascinating seeing the different names coming through. And we had a terrific amount of response to this. It was really good. So thank you, everyone, who took part in it. Um, basically... In goal, they went by a, a decent margin for Chris Maxwell. Uh, then, well, in putting together their combined 11, I thought, well, I'm determined to have the 11 players with the most votes as far as I can, but it's got to look like a proper team. And as it turned out, it fitted perfectly into the three-at-the-back system. So the most the 11 players with the most votes, you've got as your centre-backs, Aaron Hayden, 
Ben Toza and Nat Knight Percival, Hayden pretty much in everybody's team, and the other two, they're about 50% of people's teams. The right wing back, who was, again, in everyone's team bar one, was Curtis Obeng, and the left back was Neil Ashton. And then in midfield, the trio that people went for, the player that was most popular was Dean Keats. Well, actually, I say that. I mean, I mean, pardon. It was very close, but Davis, Jordan Davis, Dean Keats, and then Jay Harrison, there was a bit of a gap to anyone else. And then up front, yeah, surprise, surprise, everybody was going for Mullen and Palmer, pretty much. Now, you know, when they talk about, like, the, the wisdom of crowds, and I have to get enough people together and give opinions, they'll come to the right solution. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on this now, because that's exactly the team I picked. Exactly. So, obviously, the, the people out there know, or at least they're listening to me, which is the most important thing, really, I think, for our society. Even the subs bench... Four of the five agreed with me, and the one they didn't agree with me was the one I I didn't have total total back faith in picking myself. Leighton on the bench, Crichton, Young, Morell, and then the hang on, that? oh Lee Fowler. Lee Fowler was on the bench, according to the the public. I I put Spate on the bench, but I was sort of reluctant to do that, and that was the one I was unsure of when I worked my team out. So. Funnily enough, yeah, even there, they, they pretty much agreed with me. But it's a pretty tasty team, that, I think. I think we'd reckon that'd be all right. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the team that I initially chose um, was exactly the same as that as well, other than I chose Miebe in goal. Not so much because I think he's better than Maxwell, but if you look at the appearances, Miebe had a lot more. And I think he... For me, the form he was in, maybe not consistency, but the form he was in that season just pips him over Leighton for me. So uh, other than that, I, I I did have a little bit of a think. If we were going to change the formation rather than going uh, five at the back, I'd, have, I'd probably drop, drop Nat Knight-Percival, but have Obeng, Hayden, Tozer uh, and Ashton. Stick with Keats, Harris, and Davis, although I think on form at the moment, Young is incredibly unlucky not to be in that three. Really, really unlucky, because, I mean, he's been he's been like a Dean Keats uh, uh, version two, isn't he, really, the, for the last couple of games this, this season. And then my front three would be uh, Morel, Mullen, and Palmer, because I just think, you know, you've got to have Morel in there somewhere, haven't you? <coughs> yeah. No. That's a yeah. cracking team, to be fair. Now, if we go back to Miebe, which I think the goalkeeper is that we've all gone different goalkeepers for this for, for our teams. I think Miebe, in my personal opinion, Miebe at his best is the best keeper of the three. But he was quite inconsistent, wasn't he, at times? Like Mark says a lot, he would flap sometimes. <laughs> he'd, he'd make a world-class save and then he'd let it go through his legs or bounce over the top of him like <laughs> But yeah, I, I love Miebe personally, but I've gone for Lainton in goal because I think he's Mr. Reliable. He's always a 7 out of 10, isn't he? Um, and he's still with us. I think Lainton does need to be in my team personally. I've gone for that, that back three, Hayden Toes and that night, Percival. Obvious reasons. I think everyone's agreed. I've gone Obeng right back, but I've gone McFadden left wing backs. I think McFadden would suit that system more. Than Neil Ashton, I'm not saying he's the better player, but if I went for a back four, I'd pick Neil Ashton as left back. But I thought McFadden would suit suits that. Ashton's good going forwards, wasn't he? He got a lot of assists. 
he was, but I think McFadden's better going forwards. Fair point. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I almost seen Ashton before he came to us playing as a wide midfielder for Shrewsbury. Um, so yeah, but I take your point. And actually, it's interesting. Quite a few people voted for McFadden, which, considering when he arrived in January and had an injury when he came in and missed some games, it, it shows how he's sort of linked with the crowd well for people to respect his work and put him in. He doesn't get talked about as much as Pam. No. He's a part of this big change, isn't he? That yeah. we've seen since January, and I really like him. I think he's a very good player. So I've gone for Keats and Davis, of course, in the middle. I have gone for Luke Young, player of the season last year, wasn't he? Mm. And the season before that. Um, he's been a different type of player than what we've seen in previous seasons. And we, I think he didn't... He wasn't as good as he was last season at the start of the season, but now he's really come into his own form. He's been excellent. And Luke Young, hell of a player. And up front, of course, you know, Palmer Mullin. But uh, on the bench, <laughs> I've gone the AB, Ashton... I've gone Lennon, Pogba, and I, I was going to put Spade, but I've changed it to Chieselvich because I think off the bench, he was a real match winner. And if you listen to any podcast where they've talked about or mentioned Chieselvich, he's a player that sh- really should have been playing at a higher level. He had all the ability. So, yeah, that's my team. Chieselvich got a few votes. Yeah. Um, well, maybe not a lot of votes, but those who did vote also put reasons why they loved him <laughs> so he's held an affection by a lot of people and you're right he, he could have a huge impact couldn't he off the bench uh, it was just a shame that he was so inconsistent in terms of quality no doubt that he could do it I mean look what he did at Wembley against Grimsby yeah uh, look what he did in the semi-final against Gainsborough Trinity yeah. but Brighton. Yeah, Brighton. yeah 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 but there were also games where he was Nowhere near that effective, sadly, wasn't it? I think consistency was was the issue with him, I think, sadly. But yeah, as as an option on the bench, I think he'd be the one I'd put on the bench ahead of space with you know, having sat back and thought about it a bit more. Yeah, and I think I think a, a mention does need to go out to Spate, though. I mean, we talked yeah. off-camera about how maybe his, his uh, off-the-ball work wasn't as good, and that's probably why he doesn't fit into any of our starting 11s, but to... Score twenty three goals was it that season? I mean, it's 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 uh, an impressive haul, isn't it? You know, it just goes to show the quality of Mullin, Palmer, and some of the other strikers that w- were available for us. That he doesn't even really make the the bench, does he? For for mm. the combined Twitter vote, so he's he was an interesting character, and I think that played s- some part into how he's not selected, wasn't it? Um, but what what would be your so, looking at some of these, I did feel a little bit sorry for Crichton because I don't think there's a huge mm. difference between Crichton and, say, Tozer. But you, when you look at Tozer, he's got that uh, throwing ability, hasn't he, Che, that adds another dimension to any side, he's really. He's a lot better on the ball, I think, than mm. Crichton. Um, I'm not dissing Crichton because I, you know, I really like Crichton. But I, he didn't make my bench because I picked Lennon because I think... Lennon's a more versatile centre-half, and if we're going to have a centre-half who's in, coming off injured, I think Hayden can slot into that um, stopper role in the middle, can't he, mm. personally? Mm. So I think because he's not quite as versatile as Lennon, that's why he didn't make my squad. But again, a fantastic centre-half. Lennon didn't get any votes. Slightly surprised that. Maybe out of sight, out of mind, because he's injured. Cloweth got a couple, um, as did Chris Westwood. Interestingly, yeah, right. That, that, that came out of the blue a little bit for me. Got to be honest, but that was an interesting call. He was a decent defender, wasn't he? Yeah. Maybe more yeah, the next good. season than that season. But. Yeah, I think he had more of an op- went with Nat mm. Knight Percival go, and he had more of an opportunity, yeah. didn't he? Uh, also, a very good player as well. To be fair, um, just have a look. Is it? 
So Jones, Jones, James that, Jones yeah, sorry, as I thought it's a yes. Jarvis. Sorry, I was trying to read it properly. James yeah, Jones James Jones. Too, yeah. yeah, and, and that, again, he's un, he's unlucky because he's a very similar sort of player to Harris, maybe without the bite as much. But you know that that dynamic moving across the pitch never really stops. He's he's very, he's very unlucky not to be involved in this side as well. To be fair, James Jones. Yeah, considering the amount of stick he was getting at the start mm. of the season, you know, as we said, the last seven games of really turned opinions of him, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Fair play to him. He's, he's, he's just... Well, I See, having had my first moment of success naming a player's nickname with the Red Baron, I, 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 want, to call <laughs> James, I want to call James Jones the blur because he's never still. He's <laughs> <laughs> just constant. Yeah. He's ridiculous. And I made reference in commentary that, that, to... Um, oh, here comes his, his every match... Uh, injury time, 40-yard sprint to close somebody down, <laughs> even though we're ready 3 nil up. Because at the end of the game, every game he does it once just to show that I'm as fresh as I was at the start of the match. Thank you very much. Yeah. He's just he's, he's a physical specimen, isn't he? Yeah. But his running inside and outside the right wing back as well just opens teams up a bit as well. Uh, uh, plus, he's crucial, as you'd imagine, with that sort of energy with the pressing. He wins the ball back in the opposing half. He's aggressive on the ball. No, I like Jones a lot. It's something that we talked about between the three of us a lot earlier in the season about how will our fitness play a part in those later fixtures. And obviously we've been proven right and, and uh, mm. the quality that he brings coming from uh, League One. But then you add his level of fitness to it as well. You know, some of these players that we're playing against are actually part-time. They can't work out the way that our players can. And they're not coming with the knowledge of, of maybe nutrition and looking after themselves mm. that the, the, the likes of James Jones are coming, bringing that from League One, League Two clubs. So, you know, I think all that running around, uh, it's, it's paying dividends, isn't it, for the, the team, Jay? Yeah, 100%. So to finish off this segment, if you could take one player for 98-point season and turn into this team right now, Ooh. who would you pick? Mm. That's a tough question. That is difficult, isn't it? Hang on, let's think about putting Joe Clark. No, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I like. He got no votes. I was surprised at that. Yeah, I I like Joe Clark. Clark. He's a real fan favorite as well, isn't he, Joe Clark? Joe Clark, and you've got to give a mention to Jamie Tolley. He might not have been everyone's cup of tea personality-wise, but he provided a lot of uh, important goals throughout the season as well, didn't he? Good player. I've Um, got mine. Kevin Thornton. Glenn Little. Glenn Little. Glenn Little. Bit Lord. of magic off the bench, Glenn Little. Ooh. Yeah, that's not yeah. that's not a bad shout at all. I think for for me Deliadibola. The... Oh season after, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, season season after, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. Delia yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Deliadibola. He got so much stick. But I got my player who I pick. I, I think I'd go for um Pogba. Just because he's got that um Again, it's an off-the-bench sort of thing. We're maybe, we're not, I don't think we're lacking up front, but we're lacking something that Pogba could bring off the bench, bench and that's that sort of pace and physicality. But he wasn't in your 11, was he? No, but neither was, neither was Glenn Little for, for change. No, yeah. I've not picked Glenn Little. Oh, oh, oh no, if you're not picked no. Glenn Little. It's getting controversial. It's, try, it's trying to find holes, isn't it? Because I think... Obank. Right, okay, that's yeah, okay. I think if you were going to just pick the best player, it would be like it'd be Keats or Harris, wouldn't it? But I don't think we need a midfielder, so that's what that's where my sort of logic's coming from. And I think you know, as much as I like Riesel Johnson, I think Curtis O'Bang is a better right back than Riesel Johnson, especially that season. Yeah, that we did have him for as well. I think 
one hell of a player. And he's also got that long looping throw as well, which... Okay, I, fair enough. I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably go with you there, actually. Mike Percival. Because I love Clareth, and I trust him completely this season. But, you know, he stepped in. It'd be good maybe to have that sort of cover for him. Yeah. Played a lot of his career. experienced head as well yeah. for the bigger, bigger games. He's a good player, Mike, Mike Percival. Yeah, hell of a player. So that's our conclusion for that. Then you sure, Bill? Um, uh, I know I like the entertainment value of Pogba, so I'm sticking with Pogba. And the marketability as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah didn't Motherwell really yeah. suck the money up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's TikTok and the, you know, the Pogbas, you know. It's, it's, uh, and he was a cracking player. I just, I just want to show some love to Pogba. He was yeah. he was great. I loved him at Wrexham. We'll do a special on him, shall we? Yeah, we should. See if you can get an interview with him, Mark. Well, I've, I've interviewed him once oh, uh, next to a running bus at Southport. The sound quality was fantastic. And... <laughs> And um, I use my schoolboy French. I him. remember listening to that. Now yeah. that you say, yeah. He yeah. loves Wrexham fans as well. I've seen an interview of a Man United podcast and he said how much he loved Wrexham fans, so it would be a great to get him on the podcast. I, 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 oh, oh, why do you make such difficult jobs for me? <laughs> Unless his English has improved significantly, his impenetrable Guinean dialect made that a hell of a hard job to translate. <laughs> when you speak to Emad or some of the other French-speaking players, their French was nice and clear for so so I could cope with it. He's done a podcast in English. Has he? A Man United podcast, yeah. He talks, he talks about Wrexham fans, about how oh, great they are, so... The pog is on, and I'll, yeah. I'll pursue him. Fair enough. There's going to be a big long Thank queue for, for the Callan FM studios of ex Wrexham players. We'll drag him in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he might even get a Welsh cap from it as well. <laughs> 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 anyway, after this, we're going to talk about our running and the other teams around us running. I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. Well. We'll look at our run-ins and Stockport's running as well. We've obviously got Woking on Saturday, which will be a tough game. Who have Stockport got, Mark? Oh, Stockport are now descending into the seven rings of hell with their nightmare running. So, I'm just trying to see, hang on, that looks like Yeovil away to me. That's surely so, a win for them, isn't it? Long journey, but yeah, probably a win. But you see, my, my logic is that we will win the league. Because what's coming up afterwards is, is going to be really tricky for them. So, OK, Bournemouth at home, that is not as difficult as it seemed because their form has collapsed completely. But then they start the really tough ones. Chesterfield away. Oh, that's tough. They're going to be scrapping to try and get in that top three. Then they've got another away game against, oh, what's their, what are they called again? Wrexham. So there you go. <laughs> There's, there's six points dropped out of their seven-point lead straight away. Um, and then they get a short um, turnaround. So they've only got two days off because that game's been moved to a Sunday. And then they'll be playing on the Wednesday against Torquay at home, which sounds easy, but I think it could be a little more tricky than they might expect. Torquay are stubborn, as we found in both yeah, games. Yeah. And... You know, I don't think that's quite as easy as it looks, especially with not much rest after getting battered by us. And then last game of the season, they have Halifax at home. A very tough match. So let me let me just paint a picture for you, all right? And admittedly, it's in our hands. Wrexham keep winning. 
Yeah, and, and I admit we've got to keep winning. But then you look at our fixtures, right? I'm not trying to take anything for granted, but the way we're playing at the moment, and if we want to win the league, walking away is a game you'll look at as winnable. Yeah. Weymouth away is a game you look at as winnable. Southend at home, Southend had no mugs and they had a mid season renewal, yeah, yeah. but now they've dipped a bit again. We've got to look at that as winnable. Borehamwood away is not never easy, but they have collapsed. You know, when we played them in the league, if they'd won their games in hands, they would have gone top. Now they're 10th. So they've collapsed. So that's winnable. They have games in hand, though, don't they? Not enough to make any difference. They've played a lot of games in hand now. Right, they've fallen to pieces. They've got seven games left now. So they've only got one game in hand on us. Um, then it's the Sockport game, and then it's Dagenham away, which is tricky. Yeah. But if we don't drop any points in those, well, we've got that seven-point deficit, haven't we? So that, that's, let's look at this. We're playing in midweek next week so if we've been against Woking and then we beat Weymouth we're only four points behind Stockport I admit they've played a game more less but we're only four points behind them then we're putting pressure on them yeah they beat Bournemouth fine okay I'll let them have that but they lose to Chesterfield now we're (laughs) one point behind them they've got a game in hand what's their next game oh yeah it's Wrexham so out of that game we're two points ahead of them and they're pooping themselves. And even if they get through that tricky talkie match, they go into the last game of the season, one point ahead of us, they're playing Halifax. Still sure stop going in the league, Jay? Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> 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 they're probably going to hammer Yeovil on Saturday. Yeah, I don't deny that. Unless Adi Yusuf comes out and he wants to return a favour for us. Yeah, he returns a favour for us. Yeah, they'll hammer you, you will, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, hopefully not. Um, and we've got to be perfect ourselves. I think that's the trick here, Pat. Just we can't afford any slip-ups. I think if we, if we don't slip up, you know, I think we win it. Woke in and no mugs, it gives a tough game at home this season, didn't they? In the past. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> in the past, yeah. Who do we have? Who did you say we had? Weymouth, they're, they're practically relegated. Weymouth could be relegated. If Aldershot win at the week, midweek and Weymouth don't, then they will be relegated when we play them. If not, it'll be the game that probably after, relegates them. After Weymouth, it is... It's home to Southend. Again, Southend are a big club and might want to see, um, might want to rock the boat a little bit. It's I don't know, a Stockport... You don't rock the boat if you live on the coast. Southend <laughs> would never do that. And then, then it is the Stockport game, which I think personally they would have won the league. I don't think we're gonna to have to worry about that. I'm not worried about it. You know, it. I, th- I think that Sully Hull game. <laughs> I'm excited about that Sully Hull game where we drew, and they beat beat him last minute. I think that was pretty much it. Bill, title armature. Help me out here. Oh, you heard my crushing well, logic. I don't know. I mean, that's you, a fairy tale. Yeah. I f- I think Mark, you know. I love doing this podcast with you. I'm, I'm, I'm shy. <laughs> you, I don't know. I don't resign, know what it is. Do it quickly. I, I, I wonder if you, if it's slightly rose tinted this one now. I think I think this weekend they had to drop points against Solihull. I, you look at that running. You know, on one hand we're talking about beating Boreham Wood easy. Well, they're playing them at home and we're playing them away. Uh, Chesterfield, they can afford to slip up against Chesterfield. If they if they come in to play in us and there's only one point in it, they're going to play for a draw and lose. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, okay. They play for a draw, they lose maybe because they set off us. That's why we 
that last game was so tight that a goal from them could have happened. The, 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 the same result could have happened for them. But who was the better team? Uh, so, uh, uh, first half Stockport, second half us. So us. I don't. We I don't we were good when it matters. We were good when it got decided. But they're very. No, you say, oh, we're going to win all their games. How and Stockport are going to be thinking the same thing. We're going to win all our games. Square. No, they're not. They're looking at their games. They're saying we're going to play Halifax. <laughs> we're going to play Chesterfield. We're going to play Wrexham. Look what they did to us. We beat. Halifax. They're terrified. If they if if my prediction is correct, and let's be honest, spoiler alert, my prediction is correct. <laughs> right? Last game of the season, they play Halifax. And they need to win. And they've just come off losing two games. Okay. So would you you fancy that? Last season, we needed to beat Dagenham Redbridge to get into the playoffs. Yeah, but that... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And we didn't. Pressure. Last day pressure. Just like Stockport will have. There you go. Thank you very much. Wrexham are up. Give them the trophy now. It's over. I think the title armour is broken. I don't don't think... I don't... Yeah... (laughs) I, it's like I've been saying all along. We're obviously going to be the ones that catch them up if anybody is going to. I just, just, I'm just that last minute win for them at the weekend when we were winning the, and a gap was going to be closed, and then they go and win it. I, I think it's just enough to spur them on to, for the end of the season. No, it's, it's the opposite. They're wobbling. Their head's not on now. Their head's gone. <laughs> they're just, they, they nearly lost it last weekend. They nearly lost the grip. And there's still another six weekends to go for them to panic and wobble. Trust me. But I Trust think the last minute goals are. It's a well, we score last minute goals all the time. They're looking yeah, at it. Yeah, but we didn't manage that last minute goal against Solihull, and they did. And that's the difference between us and them this season, as far as the title race goes. I'm a pessimist, and yet I, 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 I know it's going to happen. You're, so think that in mind. You're the most optimistic pessimist I've ever met. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I, <laughs> no, I'm a realist. I'm just realistically I, looking I at really it. I really hope you're right. So, I really hope. Ge- genuinely, then, how how what is the what is the path to victory for the likes of Yeovil and Boreham Wood against Stockport? Then, because I just can't see they're they're so good as a team. Having I know we beat them, but having seen them go to the race course and that was a flip of a coin until those last couple of minutes. What's what do teams like these have to do to beat them then? Score more goals, isn't it? <laughs> they, uh, well, firstly, Sarcevic is suspended for both those games still, and that's he's possibly their best player. So that's a bit of a loss. Mm. Uh, they struggled against Solly Hull, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think we've got time to go into the specifics of what they were doing no, against Stockport, he said, because he's thinking how to Stockport play, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just say that any anything that they drop in the next two games is a massive bonus. My logic for us winning the league is based on them beating Yeovil and beating Borenwood and beating Torquay. Just the, the, right, I the, see. Yeah, okay, okay. It's the game yeah, against us, Chesterfield and Halifax, they just slip up in. If Adiusif scores for them and beats and Yeovil beats Stockport, all is forgiven. Do do we do we we couldn't we couldn't decide on four statues? Does the Adios get a statue if he scores that Stockport? Yeah, we had a chat beforehand about which statue should go up at that behind each stand off the race goes. Uh, Adi Yusuf. Well, I mean, remember Adi Yusuf, Fab Fact, is the only footballer in the history of the football league to have got a yellow card for urinating in the stand. So could we not have a statue of him maybe <laughs> next to the Rob McElhenney Memorial Urinal? <laughs> 
Or is that too too unpublic? <laughs> anyway, I think that's a great note to wrap up this podcast. So, exactly. Um, yeah. I'd like to say thank you very much to Callum and everyone who works at Callum for having us in the studio. Really, it's been a great experience. I'd like to say everyone, check out everything to do with the media team. There's going to be the commentary on Saturday. Yeah. Thanks very much. Mm. This has been Dragonheart. Oh, let's trash the place. <laughs> <laughs>